0: How's everybody 2018 going so far? Okay, that good, huh? All right, all right. Yeah. At the first service, somebody was like, uh, like they just moaned. It was like, okay, good, good. So it's good we're talking about this then. Uh, last week, I shared with you that I really believe that God wants us to focus this year on praying three simple words as a church, that we would come together and we would pray these three simple words, move in Power just to ask God to move in power, to do the impossible in our lives, to do what we could never do for ourselves. I hope if you were here last week or you listened online or whatever that you've been praying those three words. I hope you know I kind of challenged you last week what if we all set our alarms to go off at like noon every day or get a little reminder around noon every day that man all you know several hundred of us would be praying the same prayer at the same time. How cool would that be? Or if that time doesn't work for you I know some people said they just made it like the screensaver on the back of their phone so every time their phone turns on they're reminded those three words God move in power. I just wonder what could happen if we were to all pray that this year if we were all say okay we want to see God do what we could never do ourselves i just i get excited about that and it's it's just fun to think about what god could do and so our prayer for 2018 is that god will move in power now as i shared that last week some of you might have had some thoughts running through your head or maybe this past week as you were praying god move in power you kind of had some doubts about it Maybe you had some questions about it or some objections about why you should even be praying this. I mean, maybe this thought went through some of your minds. Does God even want me to ask him to move in power? You know, what if he doesn't want me to? You ever feel like when you pray, you're kind of asking God to do something he doesn't want to do? Or you ever feel like you're kind of twisting God's arm a little bit? You know, it's like, man, does he even want to do this? As a dad, I really like to be involved with my kids and, you know, be it sports, you know, coaching or being at their games or, you know, stuff around the house, homework stuff, projects or, you know, around dinner time, I'm no good for cooking anything, but I'll help get plates out and all that I got to do to make sure all the kids have what they have. Or if we're watching a movie and hanging out, I love to, you know, go get snacks for the kids and stuff like that, make sure everybody's okay. But one thing that does get under my skin is when we're watching a movie, for example, in our den... And I decide I'm hungry, so I pause the movie, I go into the kitchen, I turn all the lights on, I get some you know, soda and some chips, I make my way back, turn the lights off, grab a napkin, get back on the couch, I situate myself under all the pillows, under all the blankets, I lift the remote to hit play again, and then, of course, they say hey, Dad, could you get me a snack too, right? It's like you couldn't have asked me when I was on my way into the kitchen, when I was in the kitchen, when I was turning the light off in the kitchen, when I was walking back, when I was turning the light off in here and I grabbed the napkin, when I sat down, when I was readjusting all the pillows and blankets to the appropriate levels, you couldn't have asked me then, you ask me now. And of course, if that is what they choose to do, I then respond with this phrase, God gave you two legs, use them, right? I mean, that's a wonderful phrase in that exact moment. Some of us, though, I think we have a view of God kind of like my kids might view me when I'm all nestled on my couch, you know? Like some of us view God as if he's kind of just good, he's doing his thing, he's nice and cozy and there's no worries on his mind, so why would he want to worry about what you're going through, right? He's sitting on the cosmic couch up there and he's just okay. Does he even want us to ask him to move in power? Or maybe that's not what you struggle with. Maybe you kind of think of like, all right, well, maybe he's okay with that kind of thing and kind of feels though like, Doug, he did that, thing, that kind of stuff like a really long time ago, but he doesn't really do that anymore, you know? Like that was maybe something he did like literally thousands of years ago. Jesus shows up on the scene, starts healing people, amazing things are happening, lives are being changed. And, and I believe God loves us, and I believe he you know, came to save and rescue us, and that's huge and all, but I just don't know that he does this kind of thing anymore. Full disclosure... This past year, as many of you know, if you've been around our church for a while, it's been a very difficult year for my family. I'm not going to get into all of it, but with my wife's health and and things not really getting much better, especially recently, I've asked this question in the last year. God, do you still do these kinds of things? Now, I know the theological answer to that question. I know what the Bible says about that, but sometimes what we know here, we don't feel here, right? And so I kind of just at different points in the last year said, God, do you still do this stuff? Do you still... Move in power. Have you ever felt like David in Psalm 69? Listen to what he says. He says, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. Can you relate to verse 3? I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Have you ever felt like that? Like you have called all the prayers out you know to call. Your, your throat is, is dry. Your, your eyes fail because you've been searching and looking for God to show up. And it, it just seems like he isn't, at least not in the way that you're hoping he will right now. Maybe that's where some of you are today. Maybe some of you guys don't struggle with that, but you just sort of think to yourself, man, what I'm going through, it's, it's just too trivial. It's like too small in comparison. I've talked with so many people in my life and, and I talk with them about, you know, what's going on in their lives and, and what needs might they have. And, and so many times I've heard back, you know, I just feel funny asking God for help when there are so many people in a worse place than me. And I understand the heart behind that. I understand why that can be a struggle. But should we just sort of leave it at that? Or does maybe God want us to approach him even with those little things, that we go through, even if they're not maybe as big as the things some other people might be going through. Maybe some of you guys thought this past week, you know, I'd love to ask God to move in power, but he'd never listen to me because he's mad at me because he knows the things that I've been doing. He knows the way that I've been living my life. Now, let me just tell you today, God's not mad at you. Now, does he discipline us sometimes? He does because he's a good dad. Good parents discipline their kids. The Bible even tells us sometimes that our sin does get in the way of God answering our prayer sometimes, but that's not the only reason God doesn't answer our prayer. So could God be trying to get your attention about something in your life if, if maybe there's an unanswered prayer in your life? Yeah, that's a possibility, but that's way different than God being mad at you. God doesn't not answer prayer because he's mad at you. Just put it that way. Could he be getting your attention? Could he be trying to draw you in? Could he be disciplining you because he loves you and he's trying to get you away from something in your life that's you know, eventually going to kill you if you keep going down that road? Yeah, it has a potential, but it's not always that. And I know for a fact, God's not mad at you. So what do we do then? Like as we think about praying this prayer in 2018, God, move in power. What do we do with all these objections? What do we do with all these struggles? What do we do with feeling like maybe God just isn't going to show up, either because he's not interested or because our thoughts or needs are too trivial, or maybe He's just you know doesn't do that kind of thing anymore. What do we do with all that? Well, we've got to talk about it, and we've got to look to God's word to figure out how to get past these different objections because the reason this is so important to talk about is all of these thoughts and feelings that I just brought up, man, these things all get in the way of us seeing God move in power, and I don't want one person in this church to miss God moving in power in 2018. I really feel like it's God's heart for our church that we encounter him in fresh ways, that this would not be a church that God has just talked about Not a God of history only, but a God who is with us today and making a difference in our life, and a God who in the future is going to continue to do that. And I get excited about that. But all these things will kind of squash that, you know? They'll kind of get in the way of us seeing God move in power like we could. Here's what we tend to do when we feel any of those things that I brought up earlier. When we feel like it's too trivial, when we feel like God's mad at us, when we feel like God just isn't interested or he doesn't do this stuff anymore. Here's what we do. We tend to elevate what we feel in our heart above what God's word actually says. Read this with me. Elevating what we feel above what God's word says always leads to bad results. So if you and I are saying, you know, I know what the Bible says, but this is how I feel. Like that never goes well, right? That never ends well. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look back at what the Bible actually says about God's desire for us to ask him to move in power. We're going to look here today and get to the bottom of this because I just don't want any of us to miss encountering God move in a powerful, powerful way. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad you're here. If you're a first-time guest, or maybe you're not sure what church is all about or what God's all about, we're so glad that you're here. And I hope today you will see what can happen when God shows up in our life and makes an actual difference. I hope today that maybe some of your misconceptions about God might just go right out the window as we really highlight the kind of God That we're talking about here today. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at some things Jesus had to say about us approaching him and asking him to move in power. And then we're going to look at a different passage of scripture to really kind of answer the question, why should we take Jesus seriously when he tells us to ask him to move in power? And so we're going to start in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says this. Jesus is talking here. He says, asking it'll be given to you, right? Famous verses, right? Many of us know these verses. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, find. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. What beautiful verses, right? I mean, this does not sound to me like a God who is mad at us and doesn't want us to approach him. This does not sound to me like a God who is comfortable and okay with leaving us completely on our own. This is not a God who thinks anything we would bring to him would be trivial. This is not a God who's angry. And doesn't want to hear from us, right? This is a God who's saying, "Hey, ask and seek, and not come close." I want to make new experiences possible in your life, but you got to come to me, right? Now, this is what I'm saying, but yet our experience, what we feel, sometimes seems to go against it. This is where some of us go, Doug. I hear what you're saying, and I see that in the Bible it says this, and Jesus is saying these words, but it just doesn't seem like when I ask God for certain things, He comes through in the way that I want Him to. Now. What we're going to do for a minute is try to get past that. Because some of us have stopped asking God for anything. Because we once asked him for something, and we didn't get it, and it didn't work out the way we hoped, and so we've just given up on asking it all. Okay, So let's talk about that, and then we'll get back to trying to really inspire our hearts to believe God's moving power this year in mighty, mighty ways. Do you know why God hasn't given you everything you've asked for? Because God loves you too much to give you everything you ask for. Some of the things you and I ask for are downright terrible for us. And so God knows, hey, he's asking for this, but that would be so detrimental to their life or to their relationship with me. She's asking for that, but that would be terrible for her right now. And so God simply loves us too much to give us things that we ask for sometimes. He sees things we don't see, right? In fact, let me say it this way. When God doesn't give us what we ask for he's seeing something we can't see. It's just that simple. He understands something we don't know, and so he holds back. Uh, My parents learned at a very early age that I was trouble, okay? And they understood very quickly that I did not always make the best decisions. In fact, when I was about two and a half, it was family portrait day. Now, Family Portrait Day back in the day was very different than today. Family Portrait Day back in the day was not just everybody get in front of the mantle. I got my iPhone and now it's on Instagram, hashtag family photo, right? Didn't work like that back in the day. No, your mom went to Sears and she made an appointment and then you waited seven and a half months And finally, it was your turn to go. And the whole family would go to Sears, and you'd wait in line, and you'd get your picture taken. Now, on family picture day in my house, I was sitting on my power wheels, my big wheels. I got a picture here for you. Yes, I had hair. Stop making jokes, okay? So there's Doug on the big wheel. Picture day, I decide right before we're supposed to leave to take my big wheel over to the staircase that led down to the basement and try to ride it down the stairs, Well, in the fight between me and the staircase to staircase, won. And needless to say, we did not have picture day for a while, actually, after that one. I was pretty beat up. Now, my parents learned at that point, Doug sometimes is going to ask for things we should not give him because he will harm himself or others. So when I was real young, I remember a friend bringing a pocket knife to church. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I want a pocket knife. So I asked my parents, and they said, no, you will harm yourself or others. I then, a little bit later in life, asked for a bow and arrow set. Not the bow and arrow set I talked about last week with the suction cups on the end. No, the real ones. And they said, absolutely not. And then when I was a teenager, I asked if I could build a half pipe in my backyard so I could skate on it. They said, you will die. No. And then when I was a little later, I asked for a quad or a moped. Absolutely not. The reason... I am alive today is because my parents said no to the seemingly endless list of things that I asked for that would have killed me. And God has done the same thing for you and I countless times. He sees things we don't see. He understands things we don't understand. And we ask and we say, God, if only, if only, if only, can't you see why this would be good for me? And he goes, no, that would actually be the worst thing I could do for you. It's not because I'm not interested. It's not because I'm angry. It's not because... I don't want to or I don't love you It's because this would just be so bad for you. It's because I love you that I won't give you that. And that's hard to hear sometimes. I mean, if that's why God hasn't answered my prayer for my wife yet, it's really difficult to swallow that right now. But it doesn't necessarily make it any less true. And so God is a good dad who loves you enough to sometimes say no. Now, having said all of that, The point of this message is not to help you and I understand why God has said no sometimes. It's to get us motivated to ask Him to move in power, to do the impossible things that we could never do. And so I love that in these verses we just read, everything Jesus said indicates a God who will respond ask, seek, knock. And we're going to. Find, God responds on the other side of that. When we ask, we will receive. When we seek, we will find. When we knock, the door will be open. Let me just kind of dream with you a little bit. What could happen this year as we cry out to God to move in power? Some of us will will receive closeness with God like never before, which by the way is probably the best thing he could ever give us. Closeness with Jesus like never before. Some of us will receive direction. Some of us will receive healing. Some of us will, will find purpose Some of us will find a generosity flowing out of our hearts like never before. Some of us will find peace or love. Some of us will find loved ones coming to know Jesus we've been praying for for a really long time if we will ask God to move in 2018 in power. Some of us will walk through open doors of provision, relationship, influence. Man, I just wonder what could happen this year if we would ask God to move in power. Now, here's the thing. We will not all get everything on that list that I just mentioned, but we will all get some of what I just mentioned. See, that's where we trip up. It's when we say, okay, God, this is what I deserve, and this is what you must give, and this is what I've asked for, so you will give it all. God's sitting on the other side of that saying, no, no, I will not give it all. I'll give you what's good for you. See, we're gonna see that in a minute as we continue through these verses. God doesn't give us everything we ask for, but he gives us what good. And so we have confidence to be able to say, all right, God, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to ask, I'm going to knock, and I'm going to seek. Then Jesus goes on, which of you, verse 9, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Now, there's not one parent in this room that would do that, right? And there's not one, probably even any of you guys who work in child care, none of our kids staff over in the gym would do that, right? Probably some of you older siblings, none of you would do that to your younger, oh yeah, you all would, right? <laughs> and we, all, we torment our younger siblings. The things I did to my sister. Oh man, Lord, it's amazing. Jesus forgave me. But God is bringing this point to our attention to show us, hey, you're earthly parents. You give good gifts to your kids. Look at what it says in verse 11. If you then, though you're evil or imperfect, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So Jesus is saying, hey, even if you had the best parents in the world and they gave you the best things they could give you, they're still imperfect. My dad's a great dad. I have a great relationship. My dad had a great relationship with my mom. She passed on. But my dad, for Christmas, gave us an awesome Christmas present. He gave us the Ring Video Doorbell. This is this awesome device where you you go ahead and you press the Ring Video Doorbell and then you get a notification on your phone and you're able to see and talk to anybody who just rings your doorbell. It's so much fun. You can really freak people out, Okay. And so we get this incredible gift. Now the thing that made it so awesome was my wife several months ago at a family gathering just sort of mentioned in passing, oh, have you heard about this? I would love this. It would be so great as, you know, as Cade, my oldest, is getting older and he's staying home alone and it'd be great just to be able to see, see you know, somebody rings the doorbell or whatever. So my dad remembers this, how thoughtful, and then goes ahead and buys it for us for Christmas. And so when we unwrap this on Christmas day, I was just in complete shock, not only because he got it for us, but because I got her the same gift. (laughs) I bought her the ring. Video doorbell, and I hadn't gotten to give it to her yet. So I'm sitting there in shock, and I'm looking at my son who knows I got this, and I'm just completely blown away and I'm floored. And just a little advice if you are in a dating relationship, guys, just I don't want this name thing to throw you. If you tell your girlfriend you got her a ring for Christmas and then she unwraps that, it will not go well for you, okay? That's not the ring she's looking for. I'm just throwing it out there because I love you as a brother, all right? But man, I'm sitting there just like, I don't know what to do right now. Now, because my dad is a good dad, And not only did he get us this in the first place, he also is allowing us to return his, because of course mine was better. I mean, obviously, right? But man, why did my dad go through all that? Why did he do all that? Because he's a good dad, and yet he's an imperfect dad. And so, how much more, Jesus is saying, will our dad, will our heavenly father give us what we need when we ask him? How much more will a perfect father say, hey, come in near, come in close? I love you. There's no sin in him. There's no flaw in him. There's no imperfection or limit to God. And so he says, how much more can I give? Now, some of us here are saying, okay, you're starting to win me over a little bit. I'm starting to, you know, lean in on this and get a little bit more excited about it. but, But how do I know I could take Jesus seriously? I mean, Jesus just said these words. I mean, those of you guys, some of you, like Dave here in the front row, it has a literal Bible open. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's an actual physical Bible. It has pages and a binding on it. It's this amazing invention. It was kind of old school, actually. And so he, Dave is looking at words on a page. Some of you are looking at words on a phone right now or words up on a screen. And you're looking at those words. You're saying, okay, Doug, I hear you, and I'd love to believe that, but they're just words on a screen or a page right now. How do I know Jesus can be trusted? What can you do to tell me To prove to me that Jesus means those words. We're going to jump to Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to decide here whether Jesus can be trusted or not. When he says, ask and seek and not. Look what it says in verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Okay, let's think about this for a second. Paul here is saying, okay, we all have some faith in our hearts Let's think about Jesus for a minute and let's hold on to the faith we have in Jesus. If you are here today and you're struggling, like I do sometimes, to ask God to move in power, that's a struggle in our faith. And here is Paul saying, okay, let's get Jesus in mind and let's hang on to that faith that we profess. Let's not just talk about it. Let's live it. Let's let it be active in our lives. And some of you here today are saying, okay, Paul, why should I have an active faith in Jesus? What has he done to prove to me he is trustworthy? What has he done to prove to me that he wants to move in power in my life? Can I tell you the answer to that? The reason you can know God wants to move in power in your life now is because God moved in power in your life before you ever ever even asked him to. Think about it. Who came up with the plan of salvation? Was that you and me or him? Did we ever even ask for this plan of salvation? Or did he initiate it? Did, did we all kind of gather together one day and say, man, we got this sin problem in our lives. we got to figure out if we can figure this out and, and how we're going to get rid of this. And maybe we could approach God and ask him to send a Savior, and then he'll remove all of our sin. That's not your plan. That's not my plan. How do I know God is a God who wants to move in power? Because he did it before we ever even asked him to. He moved in power by sending his son to die on the cross and save you and me and rescue us back when we were his enemies, the Bible tells us. So if you're here today saying, God won't do anything for me because he's mad at me, guess what? He did everything for you when he had every right to be mad at you. And yet all he did was love you. And so we have a God who wants to move in power. And I love the verses. I love what it says here. It says that we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven. Jesus, the son of God. Jesus was this great high priest. A a priest, the high priest was there to be a go-between for God and man. He was there so he would speak on God's behalf and he would go to God on the people's behalf and try to make peace. In fact, he would take a, an animal and he would make this offering every single year for the people's sin. And here is Jesus, the great high priest who didn't just make a sacrifice but was the sacrifice. Do you know why you don't call me a priest? Do you know why I don't have priests in our church that there's no great high priest anymore? Because Jesus was the last one. He came and he made the final sacrifice. This is the God who initiated a relationship with you. This is the God who wants to move in power. We don't have to go to a person anymore. We can go directly to God because Jesus was this great high priest. And this is why we can take Jesus seriously. It's why we can ask and seek and knock because he already made the first step toward us. You ever been, you know, wondering about a friendship or a relationship, and you're like, I don't know if I should initiate this relationship or not, and the person initiates it, and then you have a great relationship that forms from that? Well, that's what we have in God. We were kind of, you know, not even just sitting there wondering if we could have a relationship with God. We were dead in our sins, and God took that first step to initiate, and now wants us to draw close. If that weren't enough, look at verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. If it weren't enough that Jesus initiated a relationship with you, he also lived life in this broken world and was betrayed. You've been betrayed lately? Jesus gets it. Was beaten. You've been sick or hurting your body lately? Jesus gets it. Lost people he loves. You lost somebody you love lately? Jesus gets it. And so here's this great initiator, this great God, this God who can empathize with us and can walk with us and say, I understand what you're feeling. I know what you're feeling. Draw near to me. I get it. And I want you to be close to me. Jesus was tempted in every way. He was tempted to lust. He was tempted to be greedy. He was tempted to get angry. He was tempted in all those ways. He gets it, guys. And in that, he says, ask and seek. And knock, and I will respond. Not always in the way we want. He's too good for that. He loves us too much for that. But he wants us to approach him, and he'll always lead us to what is good. Then verse 16 says this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Wow. So Jesus comes, dies on the cross, rises back from the dead, rescues us so that you and I can approach him with confidence that he will move in power when we ask him to. Wow, this is the amazing God that wants a relationship with us. This is the one that wants us near him. This is the one that wants us to come close and say, Dad, I need you. Help me. Father, I need you. I'm broken. I'm hurting. I'm tempted. I'm in need. I'm sick. Someone I love is lost. Help us, God. Help us this great high priest who says, hey, I will give you grace and mercy in your time of need. What I hope you are seeing today, the bottom line here today is that God wants us to ask him to move in power. In fact, he wants to move in power more than we want him to. He wants to show up in our lives more than we could ever even hope for. I love scripture says in Ephesians that he's able to do more than we could ask or imagine. This God that's inviting us to seek him. And I think, again, like I said earlier, where we get tripped up are the times he said no or the times he said wait, right? And it's in those times when God says no or wait that then we decide, well, he doesn't want to do anything at all. And, in those re- and the reality is in those times he is somehow protecting us and keeping us because he's seeing something we just can't see. And so have you seen today that God wants us to ask him to move in power, We aren't twisting his arm. We aren't trying to get him to do something he doesn't want to do. Are you seeing today that God does these kinds of things in 2018? This past week at community group, the question was asked, what is one of the most powerful things you've ever seen God do? And the people in our community group just started throwing stuff out there. Healed me. Healed somebody I love. My wife was unable to get pregnant. God healed her and enabled her to get pregnant Saved someone that I love. Saved someone that was so far from God. Saved me when I was so far from God. And we just kept going and we just kept going and sharing how in 2018, we can talk about up-to-date ways God has shown up and done the impossible. Because that's who he is. That's who he still is. Have you seen today that your request is not too trivial for God? It's not too small. It's not too little. Jesus told us to ask and seek and knock. Paul told us to approach with confidence in our time of need. And sometimes we go, yeah, but my need's not just big, it's just not big enough compared to so-and-so or compared to where they're going through. Bring it anyway. In the past month, my daughter Brynn has asked me for help in a couple different ways. One of them was a really big deal. She got hurt in school and she was having a difficult time walking. And so I literally had to come alongside her and put my arm around her and help her kind of hop from place to place. I literally had to help her walk. But she also asked me for something really, really small. When her cousin was in town visiting, she went to the store and she bought two necklaces, matching necklaces, one for her and one for her cousin, and she got them all tangled up. (laughs) So she came to me for help. I got to be the lucky dad who got to assist in the untangling of the chains. And I had to do it in the car in the freezing cold because her cousin was inside and I wasn't allowed to go inside and untangle them in front of the cousin because this was a gift. So I'm sitting out in the cold for about an hour and a half untangling the chains thought about seven or eight times about just throwing them in the garbage and going buying two new ones. But thankfully, I was able to persevere and I got through it. And you know what I'm so grateful for? I'm so grateful for the fact that Brynn doesn't just come to me with, Dad, help me walk. She also came with, Hey, Dad, can you help untangle this? Very small in the scheme of things, right? And I think some of us here in the room, we're okay going to God when it's, God, help me walk. But we struggle with, God, can you help me untangle this? I had this struggle, I had this issue, I have this thing going on in my life right now. I'm telling you, it delights his heart when we bring him the big and we bring him the little. Some, something about it, I mean, parents in the room, you get this, and there's something about it when like your little one brings you something that's so easy for you to do, and yet it means so much to them. I mean, that's how God sees us, when we even bring him the small things. So have you seen today, That's not too trivial what you might bring, God? And have you seen today that God is not mad at you? He initiated things when you and I were his enemy. And though, yes, sometimes he allows things to happen in our lives to get our attention and to focus on him so he can pull us away from something deadly, he's not mad at you today. He's not denying your request because he's upset with you. He loves you and he's gonna always lead you to good. So will you, will you ask him to move in power? What would happen as a church if in 2018 we got so used to praying those three words? I wonder how God would show up. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to pray this on our own. We're going to continue to hopefully get more and more into the habit. Next week, we're going to talk about a habit that if we could learn this, it would change everything in our approach to God and our relationship with God and our conversation with God. I'm really excited about next Sunday. But I hope this week you will keep praying those three prayers. We're also going to pray together about this. Now, obviously, we don't have a building midweek. So what we're going to do is throughout 2018, we're going to do gatherings to pray in people's homes at different times. And I know many of you have community group this Wednesday night, but we're going to do our first prayer gathering this Wednesday night. And if you belong to a community group that's meeting Wednesday night, go. Go to that, okay? But if you want to join us for an hour-long prayer time where we literally are going to focus on crying out to God to move in power, we're going to meet about literally 30 seconds from here at Jimmy and Joanne Malloy's house right around the corner. We have a sign-up sheet at the Info desk, so 350 people don't show up at their door. We would love for you to sign up, and we would love to just come together for an hour this Wednesday night and say, God, move in power. Show up this year in our lives, in our community, and in our church in a mighty, awesome way. There is so much potential here. I just wonder who of us might receive some healing, or some closeness with God. I wonder who of us might seek and, and might end up finding some purpose or some peace or a friend coming to Christ. I wonder who of us might walk through a door of opportunity or of influence or of relationship this year as we seek God to move in power. I hope today you're seeing that God is always going to lead us to good. And sometimes that takes discipline, but it always brings us to good. I hope today you guys are seeing that God longs for us to seek his face. And you know, I think part of it, and this is just a hunch, actually it's not, it's scriptural, that part of this whole process is God wanting us to be near him, knowing that literally he himself is the best thing for us. And so sometimes the reason I think God allows a a season of, of difficulty in our lives is to draw us near to him. Because the thing he's after most is our heart. You know, I love spending time with my kids. In fact, my son Cade, Came home from the winter retreat on New Year's Eve. And we have a tradition in our house that on New Year's Eve we're always watching movies and we're always eating food and we had gotten trays of Chick-fil-A. It was glorious anyway. So we were sitting there and I um, walked into the house after picking some food up and I was all ready to start the tradition of watching the, the movie at night and, and Kelly and Landon and Bryn said to me, oh Cade doesn't want to watch the movie. And a little part of me died. And They said, yeah, you know, like, he's been downstairs making music. We got him this device where he can record all of his music. He's making all these incredible songs and stuff. He's just going to stay down in the basement. And I just kind of stayed real quiet. Thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to make him watch it anyway. (laughs) And uh, so I was just super quiet. And then eventually Kelly said, so uh, what do you think about Cade? And I said, oh, I'm going to have him watch it. And and he kind of came out from hiding. He was in the room the whole time and was in on the joke. He was going to watch it all along. They just wanted to break my heart. And so I came back to life again. And... uh, we watched the movie together, but I just, I love spending time with my kids, and I think God feels the same way about you and me. And I think sometimes a part of this process, a part of what we're going through, is him draw, drawing us near to him, to who he is, and saying, come in close to me. Yes, Yes, you do need to be healed. Yes, you do need to be provided for. Yes, you do need to bring those requests to me. You need to be set free from addiction. You need, you need all that. The most important thing you need is me. And so come close. And so this year, will you seek God to move in power? If you're not a follower of Jesus, you have a God who initiated a relationship with you, who took steps towards you to win your heart by dying in your place and rescuing you from your sin and shame in a way you never could. And so if you want a relationship with him today, I'd love for you to put your trust in him. I'll give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute. But I hope you're encouraged today that God wants us to ask him to move in power. Let's pray. So God, we come to you just so thankful that you continue to desire a relationship with us and you continue to desire closeness with us and you want to move in our lives. You want to make a difference, God. You are a God that heals. You are a God that provides. You are a God that frees. You are a God that leads us and directs us. You're a God that saves those that we love that don't know you yet. You are this God. And we just thank you so much for that. And God, we just come together and thank you for the times you've said no and protected us from things that would have been terrible for us. But God, right now, we, we also long to not only make sense of that, but then move past it and come to a place where we are seeing you move in power, where we are seeing you heal, God. We are seeing you do the impossible. We are seeing you rescue people who need Jesus. We are seeing you put pieces of marriages back together, and pieces of our hearts back together. And God, we just need you so much. And so help us, God. We are just so limited in what we can do. you, God, could do more than we could ask or imagine. So help us. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you pray about this for a little while? Is there something you just need to bring to him, to ask, to seek, to knock, to approach his throne with confidence that you would find help, grace, mercy in your time of need? If you're not a follower of Jesus today and you want to put your trust in him, I would encourage you just to begin a conversation with this great God who's initiated a relationship with Maybe you could say something like this. Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for forgiving me for all my sin. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace that I do not deserve. Jesus, show me how real you are. Show me, God, that you want me to ask you.